Do you know the risk factors for type 2 diabetes? Or what makes it more likely you or someone in your life might have the disease? With type 2 diabetes playing a growing role in the lives of so many, you need to know. And Project Power, a community program from the American Diabetes Association, is here to help. Take our risk test today at diabetes.org slash Project Power. You can avoid the risk of type 2. Project Power will help. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, radio has been called theater of the mind. So let's tell a story with sound effects. Wow, it's like I was in the story. Almost makes me forget this was supposed to be about saving big with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. I have to be completely honest. This podcast originally started out as a fitness podcast. And you know, I've gotten a lot of feedback that people love the variety of guests and topics on the show. But honestly, it started out as a fitness podcast. And then I realized it's way more than that. And I love talking to people from so many different walks of life and hearing their stories. However, it's always fun to get back with my fitness colleagues and chop it up about the industry. Today's guest on Dr. D's social network is Marcus McKay. We chat about everything related to personal training, coaching, lifestyle, and just a variety of different nuanced topics within the fitness business. So enjoy the conversation that I had with Marcus McKay. All right, we're back again, Dr. D's social network. We're rolling through more guests, and this one, Mr. Marcus McKay. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing really well. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, I'm really excited. I, I know we had um, an interesting introduction. We actually got linked in on LinkedIn. That's exactly. We got LinkedIn on LinkedIn. It was it was great, man. You know, some of the best conversations are the ones that I have before we get on, and I felt like there was a lot of synergy between us. That's right. That's right. Well, let's let's hope we can do that again. <laughs> There's not no pressure to replicate that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't rehearse or anything. No, no. I I never. Re- you know what's funny? I generally a very um, rehearsal type of person, very organized, but my podcast is the one place where I'm like, I'm just winging it. I'm just winging it, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you have the experience, you have, um, you know, the communication skills that that's something you can do. You know, I, I don't think a lot of people, um, feel that comfortable doing that. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Some guests I have, they're like, yeah, I'm not sure about this winging it thing. Can we like get some structure? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Normally, even dare to ask. I was just like, cool, let's do it. Just do it, man. He's not going to budge, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But what have you been up to since oh, I know there's a lot going on in the world? Oh, my gosh. The headlines, constant, you know, changing things. Life is a constant change. But what have you been up to, Marcus? I've been deep in work. Um, as well as spending a lot of quality time with my family, which is, which has been amazing. So um, I'm from Toronto, Canada. And as soon as lockdown hit, um, my family has a, a place a couple hours north. And so I just, I just, you know, packed my things, <laughs> went up north. And I, I lived with my parents for uh, uh, the last couple of months. And, and it was awesome. Um, you know, because work gets crazy, life moves fast. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really important for me to, to spend as much time with them as possible. And, and then we had a new addition. So I had all this spare time. Oh. I was at <laughs> home and not a child, but similar. He's furry. Oh, uh, I, I got a, I got a dog, a dog I've always thought of getting. So um, things have been really good personally. And, and I've been so fortunate enough 
um, when I started M Perform earlier this year is really, I, I love coaching. I love one-on-one experience. I love being in the gym. Um, but the impact I want to have on the world, it, it's, it's just not a scalable thing. So it was, it was almost at the start of the year when I said, okay, I need to take my expertise and take my talents um, to help more people and to have more impact. So I've been an online coach um, for the last little while, and it's been tremendous. It's been awesome seeing my people really push through not having a gym, just having you know their mind and their body as their weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, to, to come back to your question, you know, I've been you know, blessed to have so much time with my family, but also um, just have, you know, as much impact as I can on on the people I'm working with. So tell me a little bit about the feedback that you have gotten in your business with people taking care of themselves uh, virtually online. What's been the trends or the general feedback? The general feedback is that motivation is at an all-time low. That's, that's, that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's, you know, based on how I coach is, is a lot of the, a lot of the comments and, and a lot of the, the inspiration I'm trying to, um, you know, help these guys with is really a matter of, of just looking back at this, this desperate, not desperate times, but challenging times and just being really proud of, of what you did. It's being really, you know, grateful that you pushed through and, and that you, you know, achieved your goals or you, you know, you, you worked out in your living room with a sofa for Bulgarian split squats. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I love you know, it. carpet burns on your hands from doing push-ups. <laughs> love it. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, that's what it is. And, and I, I think, you know, the, the more we can connect with our why during these tough times, like not having these emotional attachments to devices like the gym, like weights, all these things, and just having that that desire to improve and and just create the necessary habits um, of of moving your body daily. So it's interesting. I'm experiencing very similar things with working with my clients in the same capacity. But what is it? I think it's important because people who may listen to this, they'd be like, well, motivation is low. Like, what does that mean? Would love for like just to dive deeper on that. Some of the maybe specific feelings related to those attachments. Yeah, well, we we know that motivation is going to come and go. It's it's not something that we can um, we can steadily have, and, and and it's sometimes a finite resource. So if you look at the, if you look at the, the the word motivation, it's it's derivative uh, or its origin is actually from the Latin word mover, which means to be in motion. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's a misunderstanding that motivation is this, this burning desire within us. It, it, it comes with action. I'm not sure if you're, I'm not sure if you're familiar. Everyone should be familiar with David Goggins. Yes. But, but that, that guy preaches this and it's, it's just about putting your shoes on, tying them up, walking out the door and getting started that's that's the nature of um motivation and and some days you're going to get inspired some days you're going to be full of energy but again it comes back to the habits and behaviors of you know what you've developed because it's it's just a bunch of skill sets you know what's interesting too is and and based in research and stuff motivation has a tremendous amount of research to it throughout the years and and really, a, a good technical definition that I learned through my studies many years ago is very old. I mean, it's a really old definition, I think in the 50s and 60s, which is, you know, having um, energy and direction as motivation mm-hmm. generally. Very, well, not technical, but just I, I shortened that up. I don't want to go too long on it with people. But, and so, you know, it's good to have passion and excitement and like, I want to do this, but without any direction, any action to it, it's just a bunch of stuff you said you know, to, to somebody and really doesn't have anything to follow through. You got to follow through with what you're doing. You know, this stuff sounds so simple, but very difficult for a lot of people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really fun to talk about goals and talk about yeah. all the things you're going to so easy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh my God. The follow through is, is what's <laughs> a challenge, you know, but it's, it's, 
you know, if you look at it, any like I, I played competitive sports growing up, or, or I'm not sure if you're familiar with GSP, um, George St. Pierre. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, I mean, he was so obsessed with the process. Um, there was a fight uh, near the, the end of his career, and he it went to it went to decision and he won, but that's not well, that wasn't good enough for him. He wanted he had chances to submit his opponent, um, and so instead of going out and partying and celebrating, he went back on the mat and practiced that submission over and over again. So it ju- it just goes to show like his his mind was so much in in the process um, that that it wasn't good enough his performance even though he won it wasn't the it wasn't the trophy it wasn't the glory it wasn't any of that it was you know he himself being who he wanted to be in that ring. You ever hear the story about uh, like how he got bullied when he was young? And yeah. uh, oh, isn't that crazy? Like he met his bully when he got older. And he was really nice to the guy and stuff. I mean, he's a real interesting dude, you know. Yeah, really, really quality character. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was just very struck by that story, and uh, the listeners haven't heard it. I definitely go check it out. But very thoughtful individual, very intelligent. And then you combine that with the the follow through, the action. And I think I always think, in being in the business for so long, that that's what a lot of people suffer from is that consistent follow through and action. A lot of people want to be, want to have better health and wellness. And it's very easy for that to slip out of your mouth, wanting to that. But the actual work part is incredibly consistently a challenge for people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, you know, how you frame the, the beginning, because a lot of people are interested in getting healthy, but are they committed? Let me ask you this question. So yeah. this is this is this is why you know I don't often have a ton of fitness people on because I just like talking to everybody. But when I do, it's kind of interesting to compare notes. It's like a note yeah. comparison, you know. Do you ever, and this will be good for other trainers and people in business to hear, do you ever have somebody who comes to you and Marcus, they're telling you that I want to get in better condition? I mean, you know in your mind they're not ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. That that happens. That happens. I, I mean, not all the time, but uh, I would say, you know, in my time at Equinox, when I was managing uh, the Toronto uh, region and team, you know, we had a huge team. We had forty trainers and, and five hundred clients mm-hmm. um, per month, and it was yeah, it's an unfortunate ordeal where people, you know, sign up for personal training, um, paint this ginormous macro vision of what their life is going to look like for the next twelve weeks, six months to a year. And then there's, they were just weren't ready. And it's, it's almost as though, um, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but some of the most successful stories I've had with my clients, um, is they've been so committed because of uh, not a fear, but something's happened in their life. There's been, there's been a, they've been struck with emotion. Mm. So they've been, um, they've been diagnosed with diabetes. Um, you know, they've been told if, if they don't change their ways, you know, there's you know, a, an increased chance of mortality uh, or early mortality. So when when people feel these these emotions of, of fear, anxiety and stress, oh, my God, it's time to to move the hamster wheel. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's. Most of the time, people who aren't ready to change just just haven't practiced the necessary skills because if somewhere to someone to were to come to me and I didn't feel that we were a good fit or I could even help them I would just say the first month of coaching is on the house yeah. what you're going to do each morning you're going to wake up and go for a 30 minute walk and breathe that's all you're going to do yeah and and if you come back to me in 30 days and and you've stuck to that that habit my number one walking is is such a primitive and important piece of of health and fitness and breathing, um, you know, your ability to, to really use your diaphragm and, uh, and expand your rib cage and, and, you know, get that cross flowing arm swing with your legs is, is so important to, to everything we do in life. Um, so that, that would be my first assignment to anyone who, who I didn't feel is ready to, to fully commit to a program. Do you think that there is a, 
controversy related to that and being the business of just taking clients, you know, creating revenue. I mean, it is kind of a loaded thing. You know, if you're, I mean, you were at Equinox, right? So you're at a big club, high-end club, you know, you could be at Lifetime or you could be at a private club. Is it difficult, you think, for people in our business to say, you know what, I'm not going to take your money. Um, I, I don't think that this is, maybe you're ready for this. So let's do this approach, this one month approach. What are your thoughts about that kind of industry-wide? Industry-wide. Um, now, I don't want to um, talk badly about Equinox, um, but- you No, know, of at, course at the, not. At, but, the, you know. at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's a business. And there's pressure from above, middle, all the way down to training staff. Um, and it, it's, it's really like performance metrics come into it. I know we have good life up in uh, Canada, lifetime fitness, all these, all these juggernauts, you know, put monetary, um, you know, uh, monetary, let's say goals on these trainers to perform at a certain level, whether it's number of sessions, whether it's number of revenue, whether it's uh, client retention, um, which, which makes them you know, part of the rat race, which makes them money hungry. And I've seen it. I've personally seen trainers come into the business because they have a heart of gold and they want to have impact on people. And then when the money starts to come in, their, their priorities change. Yeah. And so I would, I would agree with you um, that there, there are train. I don't know why trainers would get into training for money. There's not a ton of money here. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're in the wrong profession. If you're, ch- if you're chasing gold, uh, but it, it's it's too bad that um, fitness becomes business because I think they should just be two completely separate things. You should understand fitness, um, everything uh, that's necessary from nutrition, anatomy, biomechanics, uh, recovery, all these all these wonderful things that are going to get your clients results. But then you should also understand business and, and how to structure your business, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, what, what's necessary for you to live, you know, a, a loving, comfortable life um, that you're not scratching for the next paycheck. Cause I've seen it. I've been there. <laughs> I've yeah. lived on my, I've lived on my friends, uh, pull out couch, bartending on the weekends, working till 5am. And then on Monday morning, waking up at 430 to see my 6am client. The struggle is real. Um, yeah. But I, my vision was which was much bigger. Uh, I, I never came into it to, to make a lot of money. Uh, it was more um, having impact and, and helping people, you know, live their greatest life. I love it, Marcus. I like talking to you. There's something about you, man. You just got like a way, <laughs> like a presence that transmits through this digital space. Uh, you make it easy for me. Um, um, but I wanted to say too is. I think it's also important in our line of work, it's as we're building kind of this cohesive collegial atmosphere with each other, it's good to kind of go behind the curtains, just like you did for us there. But in your in your perspective, what makes a great client or somebody or a group of people you're working with? Have you developed maybe a, a psych profile or a general trend of what makes somebody a really excellent person to work with or a long-term person. I may have my own ideas, but this is not about me. This is about, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Um, I would look at two components. I would look at coachability and work ethic. Mm. So coachability for me is a willingness to change because let's face it. If if I have a a 45 year old client come see me, uh, chances are these, these habits and these behaviors are, are so imprinted uh, in their in their brain and, and how they live that it, it's going to take a lot um, to potentially add new habits and, and fade some of those old ones away. Um, so that's the first part. So the coachability is the willingness to change. Um, because let's face it, if, if, if you want to change the way you look and feel, um, there are going to be certain, not sacrifices, but there are going to be, you know, some some pretty monumental changes in your life. Or things you're not doing, so that that preparation is really important. Um, the next thing, like I'll, I'll ask, is is have you ever worked with a coach before, mm-hmm. or have you ever worked with a mentor before? Um, you know, even if it's like, oh yeah, I played uh, recreational hockey growing up. 
did you have a coach that you really enjoyed? Yeah, I did. Okay, what was it about that coach that that, that dynamic was so awesome? Well, he listened. He encouraged me. Um, you know, he pushed me farther than I was willing to go on my own. I was like, perfect. So, so I would try and potentially emulate all those things because let's face it, as a coach, you know, we're uh, we're social chameleons. So we have to wear many hats. Yes. And, and speak to speak to clients differently. That's just that's just how it is. Work ethic. I, I look at grit. Um, on my on my application form. One of my questions is, tell me about a time you, you achieved something meaningful to you. And what I'm trying to do there is, is put, put a potential client into a place of achievement and, and put them into a, a mindset of, oh, yeah, I worked my ass off and I got that promotion. I worked my ass off and graduated and got my PhD, whatever it is. Because if, if they have a story like that, when times get tough, we can revisit that. Yeah. And so then you have it you then you have a stack file of of things you've overcome in your life and, and challenges you've faced and, and you've prevailed. That's very interesting. That's that's excellent information. I'm hearing you talking and I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely ask, like, have you worked with a coach before? And it's very interesting. Some people have never, and some people it's been a constant in their life, you know. And one of the, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like, okay, they're, they know the deal. Like they understand that, you know, the actual working with a coach or a trainer, some people like they just never have had that guidance. And so they just need to learn the ropes of what it's like to have instruction from somebody um, and the level of control that they're used to having. And some people have a very difficult time of allowing you to kind of set the standard for what you know, what's going to happen here in this session, you know, this kind of push and pull, you know? Yeah, you, you bring up a really good point. And, and a lot of people hire coaches, uh, even like, you know, I don't want to get into this realm, but therapists and it, yeah. just, you know, they're, they're going to fix the problem. I have a, I have a challenge. I have a problem. I need to lose 50 pounds. It's okay. I hired a coach. They're going to do it for me. Right. And, and, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> If, if the coach is unable to articulate the, the expectations mm -hmm. of that relationship, um, what's expected of the client, you know, and it all, maybe all it is is just showing up and working as hard as you can. Maybe, maybe it's committing to, to these two habits for the next two weeks. It can be so minuscule, but as long as it's seen as a, a partnership and, and there's, there's shared goals. So if a client has a goal of losing 50 pounds and I'm going to work with them, that goal of losing 50 pounds is now my goal. And, and I'm going to work as hard as I can and, and be as supportive and, um, you know, critical as I can to ensure, to ensure we hit that target. And what's interesting I find with that too is um, I often find that clients, you know, they say, oh, I want to lose weight. And I'm like, so exercise is, is, is this, I'm all about expectations. Like, do you consider this your main mode of losing weight? Let's say they say yes to it. I'm like, okay, we need some re-education about how this actually works and that this cannot be your main mode of all of that particular goal. And that we need to understand that this is a multifactorial deal we're working with here. Well, I need to understand your sleep, what's going on nutritionally with you. And the one bomb that I usually throw on people in a very kind way is like, I think it's important we understand what your personal life is like. What is your stress level like on a regular basis, work, family life? Because those things are huge contributors to what the goal that you want to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. And that's very new age. It is. For for an, for an industry that's so so focused on uh, exercise or exercise execution and doing fancy kettlebell <laughs> like back backflips and all these things, oh boy! And that's just you know a matter of social media. And, and I respect it. I if we want to make the the workouts enjoyable and fun and and all these you know like amazing things, we want them to feel like superheroes when they leave. Uh, but yeah, the, unfortunately, we're just behind schedule. You know, you look at other industries and it's like, you know, whether it's 
banking, um, economics, uh, science, all these things, they, you know, they've been around for hundreds, maybe thousands yeah. of years, not thousands, but we, we started popping up in the, in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. We're in right? the infancy. No one... We're in the infancy. I was just having this conversation as I, before I came on here, I was doing uh, a presentation, an online virtual presentation to a, a state chapter in California, a bunch of club club directors and GMs about the past, present, and future of virtual uh, fitness. And oh, that's awesome. yeah, it was. Aw- I had a great time doing it a couple more times for other conferences. But you start to really realize how young our profession is, and really that did pop up in the eighties and really started becoming more mainstream in the nineties. And so we still are trying to catch our footing. I mean, it's just so new, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the reality. And, and I, we apologize. <laughs> we're, still figuring, we're still figuring it out. Uh, but uh, yeah, back to your point about uh, people just being able to, to, instead of stress management, management, being able to manage their stress yeah. is a completely different, it's a completely different thing. And if we can just get people, sleeping drinking water you know just walking ten thousand steps a day which isn't a lot our ancestors probably stepped about three times that just to get food so you focus on those three things like your life and the way you look and feel will completely change completely completely and i just tried i think for all, all coaches trainers providers it's it's important to stay up to date to the ever-evolving information, but I feel like we're learning that it's essentially a pillar system of that. These all things, they're, they're working together. You know, it can't just like, oh, I'm going to start working out and that's going to cure everything. Well, I mean, it's wonderful, but if you're showing up to your sessions regularly, doing your thing, but you sleep like three hours a night, that's a real problem going on here, you know, and, or you just don't have a great approach to nutrition, or you're just constantly drowning in personal stress, work stress, these things counteract to each other. They, they, they hurt the other things in many ways. And I'm trying to get people to recognize that this is the whole you we're talking about, not just the, the aesthetics of what you want to look like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's honestly, like you said, you, it's, there's an education piece. It's, it's a, a providing the best possible information and guidance we can for our clients. Um, yeah, you mentioned something about pillars and yeah, there's really five things we control in life when it comes to health and fitness. We control the way we breathe. We control the way we think. We control the way we move, the way we eat and the way we sleep. And, and those are, those are the five things that us as coaches, you know, whatever the opportunity is, maybe they need more focus on nutrition. Maybe they need more focus on sleep. Maybe they need more focus on recovery. It's it's being able to to pinpoint that low hanging fruit and really help and create support for that. Most definitely. So, what if, what would you consider the most difficult thing, or maybe set of things, in being a coach throughout your career? Hmm. The most difficult thing. Um, for me, like, I love what John Berardi's done with precision nutrition. Mm-hmm. That's just completely changed the game of how people coach nutrition and focusing more on behaviors and habits. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's, that was always a challenge for me. And, and that's why I really started M perform is because you can, you can train your ass off, you know, three hours a week with a trainer. But what are you doing the other 165 hours not to screw it all mm-hmm. up? So that's where, um, you know, the, the habit change and just having a more, uh, a better handle on, on what clients are doing outside of that hour. Because you, you can't out-train a bad diet. Sleep is the most underutilized performance-enhancing <laughs> drug. Totally true. <laughs> Stress can kill you. So it's it's... I, I think the direction that people need to, to undertake, number one, if, if you're a coach and you haven't read Changemakers by John Berardi, that's a must. You know, I'm, I made a point of reading it every December or early January just to, just to re-inspire and, and just, you know, re-solidify some of his teachings. Um, but just adopt this, this hybrid coach. Yes. You know, feeling 
where you can you can help on a on a number of facets. Like you don't need to be an expert in um, the biochemistry of nutrition or physiology, but you can be an expert in helping people create better behaviors that helps their body change their their biochemistry or, or change the way they um, they feel about food um, psychologically or um, physically. Most definitely, I think we're. Kind of the hybrid thing you mentioned that fascinates me, and I, I think about. Um, I've been in the business a long time, and one of the reasons why I got my doctor is because I wanted to have a very solid understanding of human personality and um, lifespan and development. For me, it was that I understood very early that I'm I'm working with people, emo- social emotional animals, and I need to understand their heart, their mind, their soul, their experience as a human being. How can I penetrate that to create this sense of meeting their basic needs? It's a big part of my business, the psychology of training, and really understand, are your basic needs being met as a human being? If your basic needs are being met, then we could have more abstract conversations about um, things in your life and more theoretical underpinnings of why these theories relate to human behavior all that. We haven't, if you haven't had your basic needs and life met, it's very difficult to have this higher order thinking about, I'm going to change all these things about myself or these habits actually to get better. And that was something that I think has made a real difference. But I also think it, it can be hard not if you don't have the background and it's just purely about exercise for the trainer and they're just trying to, okay, well, I know all these things, progressions, overload, all this stuff. It's just you're dealing with a human another human who is very socially, emotionally affected by the world on a regular basis. Yeah, that's really cool. Your, your work about, you know, coaching psychology and listen, if you can understand your client better, they're just going to get better results. Yeah. Um, that's, that's an amazing skill. And some people are, are blessed with emotional intelligence and True. being able to pick up on those things. Um, but you know, it's, it's uh, Daniel Goleman, he wrote the book, uh, Why Emotional Intelligence is More yeah. Important Than yeah, <laughs> IQ. Um, and it's something that can be developed and it's something that can be can be practiced. If, if you spend 10,000 hours on a gym floor doing assessments, uh, reading clients, coaching, there, there's no way you're not going to develop some sort of EQ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, back to the, the hybrid thing, it's, it's the way of the future because as we progress and as, you know, especially after things like COVID is, is, you know, our society's sick. They're overstressed, uh, overnourished, underslept, and, and all these things contribute to an unhealthy human. And so do you think client A wants to go to the doctor and say, hey, you need to go see a strength coach, a fat loss expert, um, you know, a Cairo, all these things, they, they probably looking for more of a one-stop shop. Yes. And if you can be that guy, I mean, I just, you know, I, I call myself a performance and lifestyle coach because I, I don't think a trainer encapsulates, encapsulates what we do or what we're capable of. It's well said. I think, I think you're right. It's in, well, it's, it's overwhelming to, try to provide, refer out to all these different things. And you're just trying to get people to get one thing together first and then the other. And if you can be a good representation, maybe not an expert of all these things, but you are knowledgeable in helping create behavior change, behavior modification, it can be very powerful. I've always found for me personally that hate creating that human to human connection, that psychosocial bond is critically important. You know, creating trust, empathizing with people, sympathizing, really taking an interest in their life, a genuine, open, and uh, and loving interest. You know, um, it it becomes this very powerful antidote for what else is going on. Many times, I feel like in the training relationship, you can almost many times you you may be the one person in that person's life that they feel comfortable telling you things that are difficult to tell other people. So then you, you bear this tremendous responsibility of being the keeper of very um, vulnerable things that they tell you. you know? Yeah. 
yeah it's the 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 difference between uh being friends and friendly mm. um but I, I completely agree with you and it's it's unfortunately we're not we're not just training skeletons <laughs> you can't yeah. not coach emotion that's 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 just the reality and um yeah if you if you really want to be the best coach possible um that's that's something that you you need to add to your your tool belt yeah i think it's it unlocks the secret of working with all people no matter what it does it it becomes goes beyond your profession it goes into your personal relationships your collegial relationships how we understand each other we've been trying to do this throughout history how do we figure out how why other people make decisions that they make what is what is their social construct and i think a lot of times our world is i mean look at our world right now look you know we have different beliefs and opinions based off of kind of our natural inclinations but also what's the environment that we're in are we a more naturally outgoing person but then we surround ourselves with very reserved people am i a reserved person but I'm around all these outgoing people. You know, geographically, where am I? What's my zip code health related to that? There's a lot of factors in being a human. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a crazy time. It's a crazy time it to is. be a human. It is a crazy time. There's a lot of unprecedented things, but I think it's also revealing a lot about what it means to be human and how we get information, how we disseminate information. And I think the next thing I wanted to dive into with is like, how are we getting and who are we getting that information from, which is a very loaded deal in this time that we're in, you know? Yeah. Are, are you talking to when it like, as it applies to health and wellness? Yeah, or, or I mean, just, well, it could be anything, but certainly with health yeah. and wellness, what tends to happen, I, I see, again, I can only go from my experience for it, but often we tend to follow the behavior of people who have a lot of followers versus the people who maybe are very well versed into it. Maybe they're extremely knowledgeable about it and they may not have a lot of followers or a lot of publicity. And, and how we, we, we tend to connect, collect our information from what is the stream of consciousness that's in the atmosphere that is popular. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's too bad that's, Unfortunately, it's the wild, wild west is you can go online, you can go onto a social and if someone has a, a great physique and they're posting cool videos, they become um, the go-to person for you. Well, they could potentially be putting out um, information that, that's, that's not correct, that's, that's off. Whereas you have some experts that are, that are deep into their field uh, and they, they're so invested in the education and, and the practical aspect of things that they haven't had time to build their, their social following. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's too bad to some degree. I mean, I'm in the place where if, if someone's inspiring someone to move that day and that person wouldn't have moved their body, but they saw this post or they follow this person, I think that's a win. Now what, but I'm also on. Go no, ahead. go ahead. I was. I, I'm sorry. I was jumping ahead. I was like, oh, I gotta ask this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm also on the point where I come from a, a like a heavy load of of education. Where, um, you know, I, I love biomechanics. I, I, I like. I love the science. Yes. And and being able to talk to someone like you at the PhD level, but also being able to describe it to an eight year old, um, is really important to me. Um, so it's, 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 there's, there's gotta be, there's gotta be both. There's gotta be the flash, but then there's also gotta be, okay, this person knows their stuff. Yeah. I should probably hire them as a coach, but I, I love the flash. Here's my coach. <laughs> right. Right. I wonder if you've ever had this kind of conundrum of you see maybe the flash and you see information or training progressions or lack thereof and you feel in your mind or you ask yourself should i say something what's my responsibility as someone very educated in this seasoned to debunk or make commentary in, in a civil way that says hey this may be not 
the thing to be following. I mean, do you ever grapple with that at all? Yeah, I have some clients say, hey, like I saw this, what do you think? And that's just me giving my my honest and, uh, you know, like you said, personal opinion because, yeah, there's science, but there's really, I don't I don't like to think in absolutes when it comes to health and fitness. You know, we're still trying to figure out if there should be butt wink or no butt wink for squats, but somehow yeah. we put the man on the moon. <laughs> like it's just, it's just crazy out there. Uh, and if if I have to to like that, that part of my, I I just want the best for my clients. I want them to move well, injury free, um, and, and just feel great. And some of that isn't about lifting heavy. You know, I, I'm a I, I'm a huge follower of um, Tom Purvis and, and his work and, and um, you know, really being able to, um, you know, activate muscles at a, at a very high level and developing those skills to move your body in any any which direction. That's that's a really important mm-hmm. piece of working with me. Same here. <laughs> yeah. And and unfortunately, a lot of people look to um, well, what do gyms publicize? Get a 30-minute workout with these seven machines. And just do this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. Um, but okay, let's 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 see how the person holds, you know, a, a beast hold, or let's see how someone just walks. Yes. Um, those those would be something like two movements that I always <laughs> two, two movements. All my clients have pretty much a, a step count of 10,000 steps a day. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 just uh, a non-negotiable. But we want to we want to work that you know from a developmental kinesiology standpoint. Mm -hmm. Sorry, right? We want to we want to roll through everything from our our kneels to our crawls to our walks to our runs. Yep, we're very similar. I mean, completely similar (laughs) in that. And I wonder. That's why I think. There's so much out there and in the space, the digital space, wherever. And I, I feel like for me, I've struggled with it. That's the honest truth. Like, I see things and I'm like, man, I, I'm, you know, it's not what I would do, but I don't, you know, I'm not the end all be all clear. I mean, I'm just one person. I feel like I have a lot of training and education in both the hard science and the psychosocial dynamics of how people behave. But you know, it's just very difficult for me. It's just, honestly, I don't think I've ever gotten over it in a way that I, I just kind of like go about my thing. I try to educate through forums like podcasts and things of that nature um, or and very intelligent posting. And, and I think what's happened for me is I've just tended to focus on more of the, the heart-based things and being a good human and being positive in those ways and developing good psychosocial dynamics and versus like the hardcore training aspect of it. Cause I feel like it can be so controversial to be like, well, this is how you do it. You know, like what we're, what you're saying, you know, and developing different levels of movement, you know, uh, specificity, overload, dynamic progression, you know, starting from the ground level all the way up. Like then you have other people who's like, I'm just lifting heavy, man. I just want to move a weight heavy. And I'm like, ah, I don't know if they're ready for that movement yet. You know, it's like you got to build the house first. And sometimes it can be very controversial if you're contradicting a colleague out in a public forum. And how do you how do you do that without threatening their status? Because in the end, I don't want to threaten somebody's status if that's their their emotional security is tied up in everything they do in fitness it's, it can become weird. So for me, that's not my life. It's not my whole life. There's many other things I'm into besides fitness. So the cost is very low for me. If somebody criticizes me, I'm like, well, okay, that's fine. (laughs) You know, so it's not my identity, you know, but I, I try to be careful with that with other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's, it's, it can be a very addictive thing. Um, from from gym to nutrition to counting macros to weighing yeah. your food, like it, it it can really be a pitfall for some people, and um, it can be a, a place of um, emotional you know baggage. Um, but I, I think back to your point of of lifting heavy. It's it's the goal is is not to dig trenches. The goal is to, <laughs> to dig holes. 
and you know you understand super compensation exactly uh, i'm sure better, yeah. better than i do but the, the goal is if, if you're training too hard um and say you train today and in two days time or three days time you can't do that same workout mm -hmm. at a higher pace than you did today than you did previously uh you're training too hard yeah or you're under recovering um but i, I don't know there's there's some people get attached to um if they don't train and it's not the best workout in the world, um, they feel like a failure. Interesting. Interesting. That if at the end I was there, uh, you know, especially when I was playing competitive tennis, that if, if I didn't train on the court or I didn't play my hardest, that I played poorly. Or if I didn't smash a lower body workout and I couldn't walk <laughs> for a few days after. But I'm a competitive person. That's yeah. in my DNA. Yeah, same here. But I've just I've just removed my attachment to that, and if I, you know, luckily because of technology, I have an aura ring, so my output is completely based on my recovery index. Same here. I, I know <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and same it, here, it's, man. It's awesome. Like Sundays, I used to take off, but some days I wake up Sunday and I, I'm hanging out in the 85 readiness zone. And I'm like, okay, let's get it. Yeah. It's it's. Um, it's an amazing thing, but if if I were to give a recommendation, is is just for people to to not think that every workout needs to be um, a workout where you finish with your head in a bucket. <laughs> no, I'm often working hard myself. I, I mean, it's all I've done generally most of my life, being in athletics, and I like getting to a very difficult state. But I'm also at 42 years old and a lifetime of exercising. Recovery is incredibly important to me. I talk about it quite a bit to people. And um, you, know, you can get different things out of different workouts. It doesn't have to be like mind-blowing all the time. But I'm like you. I, I was in that mode too for a while. I struggled with it. I'm like, this is going to be like unbelievable. <laughs> you know, when, I'm, when I step in the arena, man, it's going to be unbelievable. Edge of tomorrow, you know, like. But now for me, it's like I want to be healthy. Like I want to be able to go into this workout and have a quality workout. I want to be able to move well. I want to have mobility, stability, strength, endurance, you know, all these things. And I, I want to feel good about that. I stepped in there and it was a quality workout and that there is obviously a good stimulus for it, but that it doesn't have to be like I threw up and which I wasn't doing that, but it was just kind of like, man, I mean, and where's, you know, being smart, I think for training, it should be smart. It should have a level that it makes sense. And that's why I think coaching is so important because most of the, you know, the lay exercise that happens for most people, there's no, it doesn't make sense. If you, when you observe it, there's no actual sequencing. There's no reasoning behind the movements or why they're doing it. It's just a lot of randomness of just doing things. And I think that's a huge value in terms of the exercise pieces really understanding the sequencing, the dynamic progressions, things of that nature. And that's what the general public I think doesn't understand sometimes is that's what you're getting with a coach, especially in that aspect, education, proper sequencing, understanding, you know, different planes of motion, pushing and pulling, different levels, biomechanics, pulley systems, the whole thing. It can be a very exercise beautiful when done really well, you know. Yeah. Very, and I would just ask yourself, why are you doing this? Yeah. And like every time you, you, you do a rep, you know, why did I do that rep? What, what was the intent behind it? Mm -hmm. what, what am I trying to accomplish? Because if you're just going to the gym just to go to the gym, you're wasting your time. And I don't, I don't mean to, I'm never negative. I don't, I don't mean sure, that. Sure, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Like, like you said, if you, if you can develop a, a well, designed program that that not only adds to your to your physical wellness whether it's mobility stability aerobic anaerobic training um and strength like if you hit all three of those pillars like you're you're gonna look and feel great um, but also that you know you you roll into your your workspace or your office or into your family and you feel recharged and, and you're not laying on the couch with ice on your knees um <laughs> No, it's, it's, yeah. that's the truth is like, it's crazy. The gym's supposed to make you stronger, more resilient. Yeah, totally. 
totally. Well, Marcus, man, I knew this was going to be good. Honest, I knew it, man. We talked for the audience. I don't often get to talk to everybody ahead of time. Sometimes I'm meeting people for the first time on the actual podcast, but Marcus and I had an equally as good of a conversation off air as we had today. So thank you, my friend, for giving me some of your time. My pleasure. And it was, uh, I'm really grateful to be on uh, your podcast and, uh, you know, for you to be in my life now. Of course. Now we're in it, man. You know, we're, uh, every person I meet that's like yourself and we have this synergy, it's just another wonderful experience added to a life. And so thank you for that. That's right. Um, we will be in touch, man. I'm, of course, we'll definitely be in touch. But uh, everybody, this episode going to be out uh, very soon. And to show you the difference in episodes, the next one's going to be me talking to Tracy Shadley about organizing your closets. No lie. <laughs> so I go all over the place. You know. That's awesome. All That's right, awesome. Man. We'll talk to you later. I need help with that. Oh, man, you better listen then, okay? <laughs> I will. Later. So let me ask you something. How do you get your news? Because I know you want to stay informed with what's going on here in the world. There's so much going on on a regular basis. And it's something that's been a problem for me personally. And I've been searching and searching and searching. And finally, I found a news source that I think all of my listeners are going to love. It's called The Donut, or The Dose of News Useful Today. The founder and CEO, Peter Nowak, is a good friend of mine. And when he turned me on to it, I was just blown away. Finally, a daily news source that delivers succinct and factual news about all the world's occurrences. And it's an easy access to finding things that you just want to get information about. And it also serves up a lot of positive news stories that you won't hear anywhere else. It's your daily reminder that there is good in the world, even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. So get the donut, stay informed. It's 100% free. You can unsubscribe anytime. Visit thedonut.co or text donut to 66866 to sign up today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone. Do you know the risk factors for type 2 diabetes? Or what makes it more likely you or someone in your life might have the disease? With type 2 diabetes playing a growing role in the lives of so many, you need to know. In Project Power, a community program from the American Diabetes Association is here to help. Take our risk test today at diabetes.org slash Project Power. You can avoid the risk of type 2. Project Power will help. I'm not some cauldron-cooking, toad-training witch. I've got better things to do. That's why I use Shipt to save precious time. To cast your own time-saving spell, visit shipt.com magic. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com magic.